secret devotions, open rewards. Sometimes when we speak the word of God and we're preaching the word of God, uh, we just we're hearing we want to hear like a good message. I really have said I'm not too interested in a good message. I like a good message, but that's not what I want to. I want something, a light revelation from God, something that I can use that will improve my life. Something that I didn't know before or I knew before but haven't really practiced and I'm being challenged to practice it. Because every word of God is profitable. I read that in Isaiah today. I was shocked. You, know, read, you read scriptures and then you read again and it jumps out at you. And you say, oh my God, I never saw that. God was saying to those who were disobedient, he said, your righteousness and your good works will not profit you because you didn't take care of his word. So you can do all you want to do, but if you're doing God's word, the word of God is supposed to bring profit to you. God's word is supposed to better your life. We can't come to church and remain the same. The word of God is supposed to better your life in every way. Spiritually, physically, mentally, in every way is the word of life. It is the word of life. Has every part of life contained in it. And if we do the word of God, for sure, your life is going to get better. God will do great things in your life. And I've always said this because I believe it with all of my heart. Even if you, not, if you pass on before Jesus returns, God never forgets that you were his servant and you were faithful to him. He becomes faithful to your children. That is so exciting to me. I can't tell you how excited about that. That I always think about that. That after I've gone, God will continue with my children and their children and their children to the 10th generation. God will take care of them. Make sure that they are his because you belong to him. So when we speak the word of God, I pray that God, just you and myself included, and I ask God, please give me an obedient heart. I want to do what you said. I want to practice, even, in the, even if it's just in a little way, a small way, I want to do it. Because you said it. Because God can never tell us in to do anything that will benefit him alone. I'm not sure if he benefits God. He has all things. If he's asking us to do anything, you better believe it's for your benefit, not his. He has everything. He has no need. So even if you think doing this is difficult, try, ask God to give you grace to obey because it's for your benefit. There is something hidden in it that you will never discover until you do it. It's like the parable that Jesus said, a man looking for a goodly pearl goes to the field until he finds one. And when he finds one, he sells everything. There is a pearl in that word of God, something precious that could change your life, change the life of your family, those around you, your country, and everything about your life. This word is so deep. The Bible calls it incorruptible seed of the word of God. 
incorruptible. In other words, it cannot be destroyed, cannot be corrupted. It's always existing, it's always living to change my life. The more of God's word I have in my life, the more transformation you feel on the earth. The more divine you become. Because the word of God says God wants you to partake of his divine nature. I wish we would obey because you will never understand what God meant until you step out in obedience. Sometimes it's when you obey that you begin to understand. I can think about Abraham when God called Abraham. He says, come, come, follow me to the land that I will show you. Well, Abraham never saw God walking in front of him. He just left. And as he left, everywhere he walked, God was walking ahead of him. Abraham didn't think God was there, but God was there. Everywhere he walked was the area that God wanted to give to him and to his children. That was planned from the foundations of the world. And God has a plan for your life. You were born and alive at this time, this present time, because God chose to bring you into his world at this time because he has a special plan for you. You, none other, you. He has a special plan for your life. And the plan is not ordinary. It's not ordinary. We have to recognize that. God's plan for your life is not ordinary. When we're talking about television program in Nigeria, it's nothing I, can, I want to think about. That's supposedly a lot of money, but I got to go past that and depend on God and God alone. And if God is in it, he's going to provide the money. And he's already doing that so that we can reach a lot of people for Christ. That's the, my heart's desire. I want to reach people for Christ. I want them in the kingdom of God. I want to see them in heaven. I don't want them serving, serving Satan. I don't want them serving my enemy and God's enemy. If I can pull them out by all means necessary, I'll do it. I want to get them out. And that's what's driving this. And God has sent us out. But you know, God has shown us secret devotions that we can follow that will profit our lives. And we talked about charitable deeds. Charitable deeds for the believer. You cannot do a charitable deed and not receive reward from God. Charitable deeds can never fail because it is installed, it's part of the love of God. Charitable deeds and the love of God, they go together. That's part of the love of God. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 8 says, Love never fails. Charitable deeds actually for the righteous is born out of the love of God. It's God's love coming out of you and reaching out to the church and to the world, to your neighbor. It's God's love in you that is being expressed. And God has a reward for that. He says it will never fail. That's why the scripture says it is better to give than to receive. It is better to give than to receive. If you are holding back, that's all you're going to get. 
if you let it go, like God let his son go, he demonstrated that to us, right? He let his son go. His only begotten son hung on the tree for us. Now he has many sons. God sees all his children as sons. Amen? No male, no female. They are all sons. Amen? Ken, she's a son. <laughs> yeah. But that's, what, that's the principle God has demonstrated to us in a very big way. Hoping that we will understand that this is the way it works. If you let go, you get more. Now he's not just going to get one son, Jesus, who is all perfect and the other ones are puny looking. No. The Bible says, as he is, as he is, so are we in this present world. We look just like Jesus. He had one, now he has so many because he was willing to give. And he gave because he loved. Love never fails. And when we do charitable deeds, we practice the love of God. When we reach out to somebody who has no need, we practice. Don't let fear rob you of this privilege to be the hand of God to somebody way there hurting. Don't let unbelief cripple you from acting according to the word of God. Jesus didn't say if you do charitable deeds. He said when. It's your privilege to do charitable deeds. It's when. It's when that you do it. When you do it. Because this is something that God set aside for the righteous to do. And so we got to do it. Amen. So the Bible tells us in Isaiah, we got to do what, what God has told us to do without fear. Isaiah 60 verse 1, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord it's risen upon you. Rise up. You got glory upon your life. Share it a little bit. Amen? Share it a little bit. Don't sit down with the glory of God all over you. Share it with some people. And the more you share, the more you receive from God. The more you share, the more grace is made available for you as a Christian. When you share, your life is increased. That's what the Bible says. You, your, the fruit of your righteousness is increased as you share with people. Amen? So that's the first one. The second is, a second secret division is praying. And Jesus also reserved this for the righteous. Praying is for the righteous. It's a secret devotion that we do unto God, but has eternal reward can change so many things, can change everything on this earth. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, he says, and when you pray, notice he didn't say, if you pray, right? Not if you pray. And he's talking to the righteous, and I'm looking at the righteous right here. If, no, when you pray, it's a daily thing. When, every time you pray, as often as you pray, when you pray, this is what I want you to do. Do it often. When? Every time you pray. Do this. That's what it says. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the corners of the streets. 
that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in secret place, in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Secret devotion, open reward. You do it secretly, and God rewards you openly. God saying, when? When you do that, I reward you every time. Not sometime, every time you pray, if you do it according to the, word, the way Jesus prescribed here, you have to receive a reward. Oh, ye of little faith. <laughs> every time you pray, heaven hears. That's why Jesus made a statement, I thank God. I thank you, Father, for you always hear me. You remember that? And I thought, boy, that's good. I wish I could say that. Well, I can. Every time I pray, he hears. That's you too. Every time you pray, according to the way Jesus prescribed, God hears you and he answers. We have to be confident of that. He hears. Every time you open your mouth to pray, he hears you. So when Jesus says, when, he's saying, my father will listen. Right? Every time you open your mouth to pray, my father listens. And he's ready for, with the reward. There's a reward when you pray. That's what he's saying. There's a reward there. It makes it clear to us. And when you pray, do not use, verse 7, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. There are three groups of people who pray. There is another category on his own. And then there are three groups of people that pray. The category that's on his own is uh, people who don't pray at all. They just don't pray. You know somebody like that? Please better not be here. <laughs> There's a group of people that don't pray at all. They just don't pray. The reason is they don't believe in God. So why pray to a God who cannot do anything to affect your life? They don't believe in God. Pray, hopefully, no Christian is in that category where you just don't pray. Maybe because you don't think God can change anything. But just believing that God exists, that's not what the Bible says. You believe the whole thing, right? You believe that he can do all things. He can change your life. He can change your situation. He can save your family. You believe that he is God. Not just that he exists. This individual believes God doesn't care. He's not going to do anything about him, about it. Why talk to him? He doesn't believe in God. If you believe in God, you'll pray. This individual is a god to himself and when he can't help himself other men are his god he goes to them for help 
And if they can help, if he can help, he get, he's hopeless. He doesn't pray at all. But then there's another group among this, in this group. They don't pray because they're just lazy. They know God can answer, but they just don't, too busy. It's, it's, it's God understands. And no time to really spend with the Father. So they don't pray at all. May God help us. But even unbelievers pray. Amen? When things are difficult, they pray. And that's why we come into that group. The three groups of people that pray. The first group, Jesus referred to as the hypocrite. And the second group is the hidden. And then the righteous. The hypocrite, he's not praying to God. He, don't, he doesn't expect God to answer his prayer. He's not even talking to God. He's a hypocrite. He's acting the place of the one who is truly seeking God. He is actually praying to, for the hearing of his audience. If they're there, he will pray fervently to them, not to him, because he's not expecting anything from him. He's not praying to him. He's the hypocrite. He wants the reward coming from men. So he's not talking to God. He acts like he's talking to God, but he's using lofty words so that they can say, he, man, that guy can pray. He likes that. He knows what Christians think about the ones who pray. He's a prayer warrior. Have you heard that? Or should we say prayer warrior? They worry a lot. They like that. So he's not praying for, to, for God to answer. He's expecting nothing. He wants his audience to hear him, how goodly he can put his words together to God Almighty. And he's holy. And that's all he gets for it. When he, the audience is not there, prayer is painful, boring, useless, uninvectful. Don't like it. Don't pray in a secret place. Only in the public. That's the hypocrite. Jesus said, I don't want you living your life like that. Amen? I don't want you living your life like that. Prayer is sacred. It's between you and your father. Not for them, but him. And God will reward you every time you pray. Now, Jesus also talked about the hidden. The hidden is a guy, he knows there's a God somewhere, but he doesn't know which one to pray to. He's hoping this God, wherever he is, and whoever he is, may hear me if I keep saying words to him. Peradventure, he'll hear me. And listen, he thinks of God the way he sees humans. He might be too busy at this time, so I really need to continue to talk a lot. Maybe he'll wake up and he'll listen to me and he'll hear me and I'll get his attention. Perhaps I'll get what I need. Jesus said, I don't want you acting that way. Because you know the true God. 
He listens every time you speak. Every time you speak, every time you cry out to him, he hears you. And every time he hears you, he has a reward for you. He's going to bless you. Every time you pray, he's going to hear. There is so much power in prayer. But it's not dependent on prayer itself. But to whom prayer is made. Amen? When you pray to God, that's what makes prayer powerful. Why? Because God will answer and he has all the powers available to him to change that situation. No matter how difficult, no matter how wrong it's been there, no matter how bad the situation, no matter how large or the number of people it will affect. No, when you call out to God, who is so powerful, he can change that situation and make the situation right if you believe in him. And you call on him. I mean, you don't have to call on him. Holy God and all of that kind of religious stuff. He hears you because you are his child. You are the righteous. And every time you pray according to how he prescribes, he hears you and he will answer. Let's not allow unbelief to come into our hearts and make us think that God's not hearing us because of something we did last week. He always will listen. I like a scripture in, in uh, James chapter 5. He says, He said, He seek among you, call for, call for the elders of the church. Let them pray a prayer of faith on Him. He says, The prayer of faith will save the sick. And if they've committed any sin, it will be forgiven. They're praying for the sick and God's healing and forgiving the sins at the, their sins at the same time. When no one asked for forgiveness. Is that not incredible? You're praying for the sick. You are not even praying for forgiveness of sin. God heals and forgives the sin at the same time. Because he paid for both of them. And when you pray, he answers. He answers. God answers prayers. We're not praying enough. If this church, everyone in our church will really, not when we come on Friday, that's good. If you can make it. But in your home, wherever you are, if ever, all of us have the same mind, if two shall agree concerning anything, and we're praying, God, fill our church with people who, are, who don't know you. We want them saved. Watch out. They will be coming in. And they'll be loving it. But we are leaving everything to chance. God doesn't leave anything to chance. If God left everything to chance, we'll have planets colliding with one another constantly. He had everything in order, planned everything. We need to be praying more. If you read in 1 Kings chapter 18, we're told about the hypocrite's prayer. How it goes. Um, Elijah had challenged the uh, prophets of Baal, about 500 of them, 450 prophets of Baal. They were uh, prophets of uh, a god, Baal, that doesn't exist. He's not a god. The hope is a god, but he wasn't a god. And, and, and the whole land had been confused because the king was serving this god that didn't exist. And, it, and Elisha said, I'm going to show you who the real God is because you don't have to talk so lo too long and he didn't you talk to him and he hears from heaven amen I'm going to show you who God really is the one you're serving is not God and I'm going to prove it to you amen and he challenged them kill a, a, a bull put that bull on, on the altar 
and, and let the God who answers by fire from heaven, don't put any fire, let the God who answers by fire, let him be the God that we serve in Israel. And they said, that's good. And they said, you go first. And then he watched them as they were praying to their God to send fire. But if there's no God, he can send fire. Amen. Not when the God of Israel is around. And so they started praying. Let me read this to you. First Kings chapter 18, verse 26. So they took the bull which was given them, and they prepared it, and called on the name of, the, of Baal from morning even till noon. So they started calling on the name of Baal from morning at, I guess, 6 o'clock. For 12 hours, Baal, 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 hear us. Oh, Baal, hear us. That's all they were saying. Vain repetition. Why? It's still God that doesn't exist. We can use repetition. Jesus prayed the same, using the same words. But two or three times, he did use exactly the same words. But they were not vain repetition. This is vain. It's not, they, they don't know if there's a God there. They're just trying something. And it's vain. Oh, Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. See, because there's no God. If there is a God, every time you say, hear us, guess what? He'll answer. He'll answer. Then they leaped. Sometimes people think if they add a little emotions, God will pay attention. If they cry a little bit. I've been there, I cried a little bit too. <laughs> and still cry. But it's coming from my heart. Amen. And I don't think God's going to answer because I'm crying. I'm just at that point emotional. And I'm crying out to God. Uh, because I appreciate him. It's not that crying is wrong. But they leaped. They leaped. About the altar. And it says in verse 27. And it says, and so it was at noon that Elijah mocked them and said, Cry aloud. You are not yelling enough. Yell. Cry aloud. For he is a God. Either he is meditating. Or he is busy. Or he is on a journey. Can you imagine God went on a journey. Now he's in Alaska. We have to wait for him to get back. How are we going to get this done? When is he coming back? Did he, was his flight ticket all together before he left? Or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves. And again, they were cutting themselves as was their custom. So basically, you think, if I hurt myself, that's when God's going to answer. If I cry, I throw. God is not that kind of person. God says, don't treat him, don't treat God like Baal. Amen. He hears you. Jesus said, even before you speak, he knows what you need. And he's going to answer. Why was Jesus telling us all of this? He's encouraging us to pray so that his father can bless us. 
that's the only reason. He told us in Matthew 7, beginning from verse 7, he said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, the door will be open. And then he added, For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who asks, receives. That's saying, when you pray, God hears. Every time you pray, God listens. He hears. The righteous ought to pray. Righteous people pray. Psalm 65 verse 2 tells us, O you who hear prayer, O you who hear prayer, to you all flesh will come. That's for the righteous. He listens every time we come. It's a secret devotion and God hears us openly. Jesus said every righteous person should pray. Luke 18 says men ought always to pray and not faint. Always to pray. Paul says pray without ceasing. That means you can be in the crowd and still be in your room in the crowd. Pray without ceasing. Why? Because the more you pray, the more the door, windows of heaven, the windows of heaven are opened upon your life. You see, dealing with God is like a chess game. Real simple. You push and he pushes. Now it's your turn. That's the way God does his stuff. You do and he does. And it's all by his grace. Amen? If you're doing, that means you have more grace. We ought to pray because that's the only avenue available for us to receive more anointing into our lives. There is no other way. After you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need times of prayer with God, secret times be between you and your God, so that the windows of heaven can be opened into your life to pour more grace. Grace can be multiplied. Read Second Peter, beginning from verse 1, chapter 1, beginning from verse 1. That grace and peace be multiplied to you according to the knowledge. Through prayer, God can teach you things. Prayer is needed, so needed. Men ought always to pray and not faint. Prayer can change things. But it's depending on to whom we are praying. Matthew Henry, this is a, a man, probably one of the greatest uh, writers of uh, commentaries, biblical commentaries. He writes, he writes this. He said, it is taken for granted that all who are disciples of Christ pray. You may as soon find a living man that does not breathe. Now read that again. You may as soon find a living man that does not breathe as a living Christian that does not pray. Basically, you can find a man, he's not breathing, but he's walking around. And everybody, he's going to die, he's going to die, he's going to die, he's not breathing. If you are in the hospital and you're not breathing, you know what you're going to do to you, all right? It's, it's, it's easier to find somebody 
a, a, who is walking around not breathing down to really have a Christian, a Christian man that doesn't pray. So if you're not praying, you're dying. That's what he's saying. You're dying. I don't care what, how you feel, you ought to pray. And pray for the church. The early disciples depended on prayer. Paul, Peter said, and the, the other apostles, we cannot serve tables. We will give ourselves to the ministry of the word and to prayer. Prayer is so important for the Christian life. If you're not praying, ask what's going on. Ask yourself what's going on because the spirit of prayer lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And Romans chapter 8 says he makes intercession for the saints. He is a praying spirit. And if you don't have any desire to pray, question what's going on here, God? What's going on? I need more grace. He says, if, gra if prayerless, then graceless. That's how Matthew Henry put it. If you're, pray if you're not praying, you got no grace. The more time you spend with God in prayer, the more grace you can have upon your life. You see, there is nothing spiritual that I was born with. It all came from him after I received him. You don't have it. And even as you continue, you always have to depend on him. I don't have it. God can heal through Brother Roy, but he's not the gift of healing. He's just a man. And he doesn't have a handle over it. We won't have somebody come to church and say, well now, Brother Roy is out of town and our gift of healing is out of town. And so come next Sunday when the gift of healing comes to church and you can receive your healing. There's nothing like that. It's all in the Holy Spirit. It's, they are his gifts. And you get those gifts delivered to you in prayer and in the study of the word of God. And the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. When you spend time with God, God delivers something to you and it stays with you through your life. Never goes away. One good moment, time of prayer with God, when you are truly seeking him, can change your destiny. Just one time with God, just like with Solomon, just one night with God changed his life forever. He did it in the Old Testament way. In the New Testament, we do it in a different way. Spend that time praying before God so that you can have more grace in your life. It's not a religious thing. Jesus showed us how. When I was growing up and I read the scriptures, we do study Bible in high school. For you to know, okay, in Nigeria, we, we study Bible. Uh, that's part of my uh, one of the courses I took while I was in high school in Nigeria. We had to study for five years. You study Bible. They call it Bible knowledge. And I had all this Bible knowledge without the Spirit. Didn't understand what was going on. But when I read the New Testament, I saw that Jesus prayed a lot. And I kept thinking, why? That's the Son of God. How can he be in want? What was he praying about? He should have no need. Why is he spending so much time praying? I mean, praying all night? I can't do that. That's the Son of God praying all night. That's incredible. And he did it many times. 
he separated himself and he was praying to his father and I'm thinking what is he saying to him how can a man speak all night Moe must have a lot in his mind to be able to pray all night long I <laughs> many feel that way many times when we come together in prayer like that it, it, it doesn't take too long before I see a few people in deep meditation If you touch them, <laughs> just to let you know they are in deep meditation. Then the next thing you... <laughs> the spirit is willing, but the flesh is, is weak. But I've always wondered why was he praying so much? He was showing us an example, the example of what it means to be a son of God. Right? He was showing us what it means to be a son of God. If you are a son of God, a child of God, you pray. If you are a child of God, you take time out for this secret devotion. Notice how he said he went into the wilderness and was there for 40 days. And when he came back, he was full of the Holy Spirit and with power. And then his fame went everywhere because he was healing Every sick, every disease. But from the wilderness experience. Amen? From the wilderness. His room with the door shut. Praying to his father. And his father was rewarding him openly before the world. And his fame went everywhere. And people were coming from all over the place. From Decapolis, everywhere. People were coming to him. Because they have heard he had been in the secret place. Amen? He had been in the secret place. When you have been in the secret place, he's seen in the open place where people can see what God is doing in the open. So we really need to pray. Prayer can change things. God, for you as a Christian, I wish we know how much power we have. We'll be praying. The Bible tells us, if my people who are called by my name, are you called by his name? If, that's if. Jesus says, he never uses the word if, he says when. Because he expects you to. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. So, praying is humbling yourself. And if you humble yourself before God, he will what? He'll promote you. He'll lift you up. That's what the Bible says. Praying is humbling yourself before God. Second Chronicles 7 verse 13. It says, when I shut up the heaven and there is no rain, I'll command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people. Among my people. Now what's happening in the United States? What's going on in the United States? If my people who are called by my name, not those other people, my people, and if what's happening is because of what they are doing and they've polluted the land and God is now reserving his right to judge and there is judgment on the land and the people are hurting because his people live in the land, they will also feel the pain. But if his people will 
humble themselves and pray. Then God will hear. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Seeking his face means telling him about what's going on and they want it changed. They're seeking God's face. I'm not just going to go there, God, I want to see your face. I want to see your face. I seek your face. I need to see your face. No, I'm telling him, God, what's happening around me? I don't like it. And I'm here to talk to you face to face, God, because you've given me access into your presence. And I can talk to you. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 10, beginning from verse 19, we have boldness to come into the very presence of God without fear. And we must come with full assurance of faith. And he says we should never waver. We should never waver at all. No wavering before God. As we don't wave, God gives us everything that we need. So we come to him. We seek his face and turn from our wicked ways. We pray for the land. He says God will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal the land. God will heal the land. God can heal the United States if the believers are praying. All of a sudden, people will start saying, we don't like this stuff that the people are saying. We don't like these laws that they're passing. We don't like all of these things that's happening. And you got more people saying it, even unbelievers getting very angry. God can do it. God can do it. If God's people will come to him praying and believing in him. God, Jesus said, if two shall agree concerning anything that they shall ask, God will answer. My Father will do it for them. God is willing. Let me share with you as we close how, how powerful prayer can be. James chapter 5, beginning from verse 16 through 18. He says, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another. That you may be healed. Your fault. Just confessing it is not enough. Notice. Pray. For one another. So that you can be healed. Just telling my brother. I'm in this. It's not, it's not good enough. There's got to be prayer. With that. It says the effective. Fervent prayer. Of a righteous man avails much. When we pray fervently, God will do a lot for us. If the righteous man prays, the righteous man prays, things will change. Goes back to Second Chronicles chapter seven. If we pray, things change. The effective, this meaning your prayer is effective. Because you're righteous, right? It is, it avails much. And then it tells us about Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In other words, Elijah was a righteous man, just like us. Hello? He was a righteous man, just like us. No different. And one man prayed and stopped rain for three and a half years. One man's prayer. I wonder what will happen if all these righteous people that I see before me begin to pray for the Ark Fellowship, for God to save souls, for God to bring them in, 
and we are in agreement. James is telling us here, I want you to pray like Elijah. I can stop the rain. You know, we've experienced this before. I remember we're having a crusade somewhere back in Africa, and it was, it was going to rain. And we said, well, he's not going to rain until the crusade is over. We prayed about it, and we had a window. We had our crusade. After the crusade was over, then it rained. It came on us, but we already have finished what we wanted to do. Wanted to do. We can actually stop the rain. It's amazing when you live in Africa. I've seen people when they have a funeral. Some of us are from there. They will call voodoo doctors to stop the rain. My African brothers, are you here? You concur with that? Yes. They, they call voodoo doctors to stop rain. And you see them cooking your stuff, blowing the fire to stop the rain. And I'm thinking, if this little voodoo doctor with this little evil spirit can try to stop the rain, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. Why not stop the rain when I need to do something? Amen. Don't look at me like that. You can do it. <laughs> Pastor, it's going to rain. Let's go out. <laughs> Somebody might be needing the rain. But when we need to do something and the rain is a hindrance, we can stop it. If we, if we pray, we can stop it. Amen? That means we can stop every sickness in its track. Amen? That means through prayer, we can get anywhere we want to get to. Stand up with me tonight. When prayer is not enough, add fasting. Amen. I'm asking all the prayer partners, spend some time fasting this week. Because we're going to be praying for the sick on Sunday. We fast, pray, and on Sunday, you don't need to yell or whatever. <laughs> People get healed. Amen when you touch them because you spend time with your father amen you pray in secret and he rewards you openly so we're going to be receiving open reward here on sunday i mean you're going to be praying for this service on sunday i i was at the i was at uh food town the other day and i was asking as i was checking out i asked the woman checking me out i said do you know anybody that's sick and she looked around like huh what kind of a question is this well, we have a healing service. She says, I don't know anybody. She says, hey, do you know anybody that is sick? I'm sure they're looking. This guy is nuts. <laughs> you know? Come in. But we can invite them. Amen? You see them sick? You say, come over. Come to church. Like Pastor Andy said tonight. Appreciate that. Really appreciate that you're sharing with us. Invite them. If we don't have sick people here, we won't see a miracle. Last time we had a lot of sick people, we saw a lot of miracles, right? God's going to do that for us. Lift your hands up to the Lord tonight. There is no, without fear, no doubting. Amen. No fear, no doubting. Because he loves you just the way you are. He created you that way. Tell the Lord, you are one of his mighty men. If you are a lady, say mighty lady. <laughs> you are one of his mighty men on the earth. God placed us in this world at this time to make a difference and he's given us everything that we need to make a difference the name of the lord jesus christ we have his name the name that is above every name 
the name at which when it's mentioned every knee must bow and we give you praise tonight oh god as we worship you and we praise your holy name thank you father i thank you for your power that's living inside every one of these brothers and sisters of mine today and lord through the name of jesus and prayer to the name of our god to our god we will change our world can i hear an amen we will change to cyprus and change houston in jesus name god bless you we're dismissed